very much. We started a series last week that I think is extremely important, and we're calling it Cultivating Christian Character. And as I was growing up, I remember hearing a lot about character and the importance of character, but I got to thinking recently that I don't hear about that nearly as much as I used to, and I shared with you an article that verified the fact that people aren't talking about character like they used to. And that's to our disadvantage. That's to our children, our grandchildren's disadvantage. Character is who you are and who I am at our core. Character is what steers your ship of life. And we know that character can be good, and it can steer your life in the right direction. Our character can be equally poor and steer your life in the wrong direction. We mentioned last week two men, two Bible characters, David and Saul, contemporaries of each other, knew each other, but two distinct men, one of good character, one of poor character. David, I think, demonstrates a man of good character. And not that he did everything right, for he certainly didn't, but when his feet hit the ground, When it was all said and done, he would be headed in the right direction, taking responsibility, growing, learning, and achieving. Saul, on the other hand, just the opposite. When push comes to shove in his life, he's blaming other people, he's in denial, he's making excuses, and when he hits the ground, his feet are going in the opposite direction. That is true of you and me, whether we like it or not, each of us has character. The question is, do we have good character or do we have bad character? The same is true of our children. As our children are young and developing and as they get older, they are developing character. And the question is, are your children developing good character or bad character? It's important. And this quote explains in part why it is so important. Character is the foundation stone, there it is, character is the foundation stone upon which one must build to win respect. Just as no worthy building can be erected on a weak foundation, so no lasting reputation worthy of respect can be built on a weak character. There are people that you and I admire and respect. There are sadly people that you and I do not admire nor respect. And if you think about it, most often the people you admire and respect are people that have character. Character is important. Character is important in being a husband, being a wife, uh, being a child. We Christians are blessed because we have for us the perfect model of Christian character. And of course, that being Jesus. You say, I don't want to have bad character. I want to have good character. I want my kids to have good character. I don't want them to have bad character. How do I know what is good character? Uh, What should I be trying to uh, promote in my life? What kind of example should I be trying to set? What kind of character should I be building in my children's life? Well, we don't have to debate it. Just look to Jesus. Just look at his qualities. Uh, Look at his attributes. Look at what kind of man he he is, was, and, and there you have the perfect model of character. You want to be like Jesus. But we also have the Bible. And the Bible spells it out for us in clear black and white. 
particularly in the book of Romans, where we were last week and where we are today and where we'll be next week. In Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number 9, it has a, a list of character qualities, a list of character traits. Now, it doesn't call them, if you go there and read in Romans chapter 12, it doesn't refer to them as character qualities, but I think we can all agree that that's, in fact, what it is. That if you have the qualities listed in Romans chapter 12, those are good qualities that will promote character. Now, last week, we looked at the character qualities listed in verses 9 and 10 of Romans chapter 12. And it had these qualities. Let love be without dissimulation. In other words, don't be hypocritical. That's a good character quality. Abhor that which is evil. People of good character do that. They abhor, they, they stay away from that which is evil. People of good character cleave to that which is good. People of bad character involve themselves in things that are evil or things that are bad. Another good character quality is be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. We appreciate, we value people who are compassionate. We value people who are um, caring. And we value that because those are good character qualities. Those, all of those that we just read are also character qualities of Jesus Christ. And again, we need to understand these qualities and we need to make sure that we're developing them in our lives. Now, there may be, it may be a challenge and there may be bumps in the road along the way and we may mess up sometime. But you still pursue these things. And you are intentional in teaching them to your children. And helping your children understand the value of them. Tonight we're going to continue on in Romans chapter 12 or this afternoon. In verses 11, 12, and 13. And here are some other very important character qualities. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. You know, all three of my children are grown. But I hope, I pray that they possess those character qualities. Those are the qualities of life that, that people appreciate. Those are the qualities of life that will help you live to your full potential. It will remove unnecessary drama from your life. It opens the path before you of of growth and achievement. Now let's look. There's eight qualities there. Let's look at those eight qualities real quick this afternoon. Number one, a person with Christian character performs responsibilities with excellence. That's how I interpret the phrase that says in verse number 11, not slothful in business. You ever meet people that are slothful in business You ever go in stores and you're not waited on or they don't know what they're doing, things just aren't done right? It's very frustrating. They're lacking the character trait that tells them to not be slothful in business. That's telling us that we need to give our best in all that we do. And and, and we can't be selective about that. A lot of people are selective here. Well, I'll give my best if I'm doing something that I deem to be valuable. But if it's not, if I don't perceive it to be valuable, then I'm, you know, I'll just, whatever. No, whatever we're called to do, the Bible says we're to do it with our might. It, it doesn't matter whether you're 
digging a ditch or you're building a nuclear reactor. The point is, we're not to be slothful in business. We're to perform our responsibilities with, with excellence. And I so appreciate people like that. We were doing a project uh, back here in the back, and it was something that was going to ultimately had to do with the drain field or, or something. And, and the, the fellow that was working on it was making sure, and he was down in a hole and there was pipes coming in and whatever. And I mean, he was dressing it up, making it look perfect. And in fact, and, and one of the other guys with him said, look, it's going to be buried. <laughs> it's going under the ground. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. And, but I appreciate the spirit of that individual that was doing it. He was trying to get it right. He was demonstrating that he's not going to be slothful in business. He's not going to do things half-heartedly. He's going to give it his very best. I have some quotes for us this afternoon about each of these points. The first one comes from uh, Vince Lombardi, you know, the former coach of the Green Bay Packers. And he says, the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence, regardless of their chosen field of endeavor. The quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence. We need to always recommit ourselves to excellence. And let me relate it to church. I mean, whatever responsibility that you take on here, number one, we appreciate it and we thank you. Whether you're working in the nursery, whether you're working in a children's ministry or, or teaching Sunday, whatever, you know. But let us all be committed to excellence. And I really believe that's what that phrase means when we're not slothful in business. That we are giving it our very best. And in my remodeling project at our house, we've had some guys come in there and I have seen that demonstrated, and it inspires me. I've seen some guys work at something, you know, until they get it right. Now, that's important to me because it's my house. But I value that, and I learn because, you know, there are times that I might be tempted to say, well, that's good enough. That, that, that's okay. And then I watch guys that are skilled craftsmen, and I watch their commitment to excellence, and I see that they're not slothful in their business. They're giving it their best. And it inspires me and it motivates me. And, and we need to do that. And we really shouldn't pick and choose as to what we give our best to. If we're doing it, whatever it is, it's worthy of our best effort. And that's what the Bible teaches. Not slothful in business. Number two, a person with Christian character performs responsibilities with enthusiasm. That's what the verse teaches. Verse number 11, that second phrase says, fervent in spirit. Everything we do deserves our enthusiasm. Whether you're working the line at a fast food restaurant or whether you're serving in some multinational corporation, we should perform our responsibilities with enthusiasm. I like this quote from Dale Carnegie. He says, Flaming enthusiasm, backed up by horse sense and persistence, is the quality that most often makes for success. I like that. Flaming enthusiasm, backed up by horse sense and persistence, is the quality that most often makes for success. Why is that the case? Because the Bible teaches it. The Bible teaches that we're to be fervent in spirit. We're, we're to give our best. We're, we're to, to give it our all. And again, I've had the privilege of being around 
men and women who are that way. There are men and women listening to my voice right now that I admire. I see them do projects around here, and they give it everything they have. I I love their attention to detail, that there's no detail that that is overlooked. And that's just the way that it ought to be. Now, what makes that right? What, what we, when I say that we ought to be enthusiastic, we ought to give attention to, to detail, I think all of us have a sense that, well, yeah, that's right. Well, why isn't it right to be lazy and to goof off? Why, why, why is that? Because what is good in this world is reflected by the character of God. And, and when God created the heavens and the earth, there was, there was a, a passion there. There was a dedication to excellence. There was a dedication to, to detail. And whatever is true about God is what is right about this world. So there should be an acceptance of our responsibilities to do things with excellence. There should be a fervency of spirit. And number three, a person with Christian character is motivated by the fact that he is always representing the Lord. Because it says there, serving the Lord. The quality of our work and the intensity of our effort should never be determined by the likability or non-likability of our boss or the particular cause. Let me say that again. The quality of your work and the intensity of your effort should never be determined by the likability or non-likability of your boss or the cause for what you're doing. I mean, everything we do, we should give our best. Why? Because our ultimate boss is the Lord. The one that we are ultimately going to reflect on is not our human boss, but it's the Lord. Very important for us to understand that. He says here, And giving all these character traits, these character qualities, it says, remember, do these things. Be fervent in spirit. Don't be slothful in business because you are serving the Lord. And too many people pick and choose, you know, what what they want to be excited about and what they're to be committed to. When, in fact, if we're called upon to do a job, whatever it might be, we're to give it our best. I mean, all of us have had what we would consider jobs that are temporary that we wouldn't want to have for a lifetime. Maybe some people might call them menial tasks or whatever. But those menial tasks are, are important. In, in fact, it's, it's really a misnomer to, to use the word menial for task. If it's a task and if it's important, it's, it's not menial. It, it, it's important that we ought to give our best to. I mean, I, I think about Brother Dave Beardsley. And, you know, he's the custodian, uh, janitor, whatever, whatever you want to uh, call it. But let me tell you, don't underestimate the value of his work. And, and the fact that we, we like our bathrooms clean and we like for things to be clean and neat and the yard here to be nice and neat and, and clean. And it would be a shame, you know, for anybody to go about that half-heartedly. But we are motivated by the fact that we're serving the Lord. And, I, and Brother Dave understands that, and I appreciate Brother Dave and the, the work that he does day in and day out. His is the kind of work that he's kind of like an offensive lineman for you guys that like football. The offensive lineman doesn't get noticed until he doesn't do his job. As long as he's blocking the defensive lineman, you don't even pay attention to the offensive lineman. Am I right about that, Sharon? Sharon? 
<laughs> she has no clue about that, do you? Well, a few of you guys understand what I'm talking about. The offensive lineman doesn't get noticed unless he lets the defensive lineman through. And so it is like with Brother Dave's job. I mean, you come in, you expect the building to be, to be clean. You expect only when it's not do people get noticed. But I know Brother Dave, and I appreciate Brother Dave. And I appreciate the fact, and I believe with all my heart, his motivation is, you know, he, he does it for the Lord. He's serving the Lord. But, folks, that would be true not only of someone doing janitorial services in a church. That's janitorial services anywhere. There aren't any really, I, I said menial tasks. There aren't any menial tasks. Every task that's done is important. And we need to realize the, the, the understanding of it, that we are serving the Lord. Uh, The theologian Adam Clark said, Ever considering that his eye is upon you, and that you are accountable to him for all that you do, and that you should do everything so as to please him. Some people think that I don't like my boss. I'm going to give it half effort. I don't like this work. So when the boss isn't around, I'm just going to kind of goof off. We know people like that. You, you may work with people like that. And because you're a Christian and because you know you're serving the Lord, you're working hard, but others around you, it all depends on who's there, who's not there. You know, they lack character. You have character. Number four, a person with Christian character demonstrates a positive spirit of faith. In this list, it has these three words that should describe all of us. Rejoicing in hope. You understand negative people never accomplish anything? There are no statues, you know, that are, that are erected to negative people. I mean, anybody can be negative. Anybody can be complaining. But all noble, all worthwhile accomplishments require a positive spirit of faith. And that's why in listing these character traits, it says rejoicing in hope. So whatever you're called to do, whether it's in ministry or whether it's in the secular world, whether it's in in your home, rejoicing in hope, that's being hopeful, that's being positive. When you come to a task, you can be either miserable about it and forlorn about it, or you can attack it with a zeal, you can be positive about it. Zig Ziglar, you know, he wrote a lot on this particular topic. Positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. That's just true. Positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. You're never better off because you were negative. You're never better off because you were critical. You're never better off because you were down in the dumps. What should reflect in our lives as Christians is the fact that we are rejoicing in hope. That's good character. That positive spirit. Number five, a person with Christian character is patient in trials. I wish I could skip over this one because the Lord's still working on me on this one. Patience. I can be an impatient person. You, you've heard the, you know, the person that said, Lord, I want patience and I want it now. You know, that would be, that would be me. The Bible says patient in tribulation. That's a character trait. All these are character traits that we can see in Jesus Christ. When trials come, patience, if you think about it, can keep us from making untimely, maybe even irrational decisions. 
we get in a hurry, we make the wrong decision, and it has consequences. When trials come, patience keeps us from making irrational decisions. And when trials come, patience can keep us from getting out in front of God. Oftentimes, we get in a hurry, and we make a decision, and we go down a path that God didn't want us to go down. And if we had waited on him, we wouldn't have made that mistake. I like this quote about patience. The key to everything, this person said, is patience. You get the chicken by hatching the egg, not by smashing it. So these are all qualities that we we need to appreciate, we need to value, and where we might be short in some of these areas, that we work on them. Number six, a person with Christian character gets his direction and strength from the Lord through prayer. In this list of character traits, it mentions continuing instant in prayer. Prayer is a source of wisdom and strength and direction that you don't get otherwise. There are certain things that you need in this life that you are only going to get through prayer. Prayer, if you will, is our secret weapon. And I love hearing Wednesday nights the testimonies of folks who say that, who give testimony of answered prayer. We ask for that every Wednesday night. I love that. That is a character quality. A.W. Pink said, prayer is not so much an act as it is an attitude. Think about that. An attitude of dependency. Dependency upon God. A person with Christian character gets his direction and strength from the Lord through prayer. Number seven, a person of Christian character has compassion for fellow Christians. He says in Romans 12, distributing to the necessity of the saints. Our Christian character is to reflect the compassion Jesus had for people. And God's going to work through us to show that compassion to others. One of the things we ought to demonstrate is caring for people that are in need. And I think I can say of this church that, as a rule, this church is very good at that. To see a need within our own congregation and as best we can. You can't meet everybody's need. But where a need can be met, I think we work hard to do that, to encourage somebody. It might be with a missionary around the world that's going through a tough time. We do our best to, to help them. I found this quote from Mike Huckabee. You know, he ran for president. He was governor of um, Arkansas. He said this, good quote, We ought to be people of compassion. And being people of compassion means we deny ourselves and our self-centeredness. That is a character quality seen in Jesus. That's a character quality that we need to have. That's a character quality that we need to teach our children. And then lastly, number eight. A person of Christian character is gracious to entertain others in his or her home. The Bible says that we're to be given to hospitality. You know, I'm I'm amazed at how awkward that is for some people these days. I have been into homes sometimes where people just don't have a sense of hospitality. Where it, and I'm not I'm not putting them down. In some cases, nobody ever taught them. They they don't know. And you can, you can tell it's, it's awkward. And oftentimes it it's, tends to be younger couples. And I'm not talking about people in our church, actually. I'm talking about people outside. That, you know, you, you go in their home and, and they don't... It's an awkwardness to how, how to make somebody feel at home. Whereas, on the other hand, going into your homes, you're, you're very good about inviting someone in, offering them a chair. I have been in homes where I, I, I walked in... And it just dawned on me, maybe I missed the point, where I've walked in, and I'm standing there, and we're talking, and 
you know, I'm thinking, well, are they going to offer me a seat? And then I got to thinking, Bill, maybe they didn't want to offer me a seat. There's the door and just, you know, go back out. But, I mean, you, you sense that awkwardness. I've been in some homes where I knew I was welcome there. I knew I was wanted there. But the TV was on. And we're trying to carry on a conversation. And I'm trying to shout over the TV, you know. And, you know, I've had to, and it's been awkward, but th- there's been a time or two. And I was very kind about it. Don't get me wrong. I said, I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you because Pat Sachak is louder than I am. And could we turn him, him down? And, and they're using, oh, okay, I'm good. Uh, we need to work at, at being hospitable. We need to teach our children to be hospitable. I mean, is that important? Right there, given to hospitality. That is commanded of us from Scripture. You, you know, you, you can get books on that, or you, you can just... Observe when you go to someone else's house to see how they treat you. They offer you a seat. You know, would you like some water or, you know, I got some coffee. I made a pie yesterday or whatever it might be. Like I say, the people in this church are really good at that. But we've all been in situations like that. And that, that's a problem. That's not a good thing. So the Bible teaches us that. I like this quote. It says, hospitality is when someone feels at home in your presence. Hospitality is when someone feels at home in your presence. My wife was telling me of a situation where she went to not too terribly long ago, wasn't any of you, and she, she said, I just felt awkward. I, 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 I wasn't made to feel welcome. I, I, it was just an awkward setting right there. And, and, and this couple, you know, they weren't trying to be me. I just don't think anybody ever taught them. I, I, I think they would have probably wanted to be welcoming. I think they would feel bad if they knew that they were perceived as not being hospitable. And I just, I don't think they were trying to be anything other than hospitable, but didn't know how. So again, these, these are things that we have to work at. That's an important character trait. That says something about you. It says something about your maturity level. It says something about your, your children's maturity level as they grow. And there, there's books and there's resources on that. So, you know, maybe you came from a home where you were, no one ever modeled to you how to be hospitable. Well, take it upon yourself. You realize the Bible says that you gotta be given the hospitality and you can, be self-taught how to do that. So these two quotes in closing. God created us to manifest his character so that other people are attracted to him. He knows that our characters are in a state of radical disrepair. And he knows that a coat of paint and some new currents weren't going to do it. And then goes on to say, what we need is major renovation. That goes far beyond our resources. One of the most fantastic features of Christianity is that Christ supplies all the resources for the renovation instead of calling on us to do it by ourselves. Our development of Christian character and our children's development of Christian character is critical. The good news is Jesus is our model. Just look at him. Look at his kindness. Look at his compassion. Look at his work ethic. Look at how he treated people. Look at his honesty. Look at his integrity. Look at his relationship with people. Look at his giving to people. That's our model. And if you want further instruction, then just go to the Scripture and a list like Romans chapter 12 has it all laid out there. 
Probably in a congregation like this, some of us in some areas do pretty good. Maybe in other areas we might be weak. Let us all be committed to trying to improve the areas in which we are weak. And let us really, if you have children in your home, really, really work at developing their character. Poor character is going to shipwreck you more often than not. Good character is going to set you on a path of success, of respect, of leadership, of productivity, a life that really matters and a life that really counts. This this whole matter of character, folks, this is important. And where you may have it lacking in your life, it doesn't have to stay that way. You know, make it make make character study a part of your daily Bible study, a part of your daily Bible reading for your daily devotions. Take Romans chapter 12, beginning there in verse number nine and study each one of those daily and and decide I'm going to work on this today. I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at hospitality, but I'm not so fervent as I should be. I kind of have a ho-hum attitude towards life and you'll you'll be the better person for it and you'll be better for the cause of Christ for it as well. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this afternoon. Let's stand.